Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Ophthalmology Podcast. Um, it's been uh, maybe a year and a half, maybe a little bit longer than that since we've done one of these. So um, I guess I should break the gavel back out, but I'm not going to do it on this show. Uh, Sunday Stewart is joining us this evening. Say hello, Sunday. Sunday Stewart. Sunday Stewart. Sunday, can you hear me? Sunday, can you? Yes. Can, oh, yes. There you are. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Yes, I can. I can hear you. Um, so, uh, we're going to start off by talking a little bit about winter. I know that that is not in the show description, but uh, we. So, I recently spent a month in Toronto, and Sunday Stewart has also been to cold places previously, most notably Missouri and Seattle. Sunday, how do you feel about cold weather? I'm just going to start off our reintro to the Ophthalmology podcast by letting our listeners listen to you wax eloquent on all of the love that you have for cold and snow. Well, I think that we have talked about before, but I don't particularly enjoy the cold. Um, I hate snow, for a lack of a better word or a more eloquent word. Um, now, bear in mind, I don't mind if I'm going towards snow. If someone says, hey, let's go to Vail and ski, that's fine. I'm choosing snow. Snow is not being forced upon me. Um, cold weather is painful. It is unpleasant. You know, if you get really hot, pretty much, you know, fall asleep until you die and you might be really thirsty, but cold weather is painful. Your extremities fall off. There is nothing fun about that. I mean, the worst thing that can happen to you in heat besides, you know, dying is, you know, you leave a few crayons in your back seat and now you have melted wax in your car. I just feel like... And by, and by you mean you leave crayons in your back seat. You mean your uh, toddler leaves crayons in your back seat and they melt all over your car. Well... No, because I grew up in Texas, and I know better than that. So there would be no crayons in my backseat. That's like a new, a newcomer to, to heat would probably do that. But I would not. I'm a seasoned heat veteran, and I know better. So, But I did leave candles one time in the back of my – this is awkward segue podcast – in the back of my mom's car. And by the way, if you take um, an iron, a sheet of wax paper, and a paper towel, you can get that stuff right on out. So there's your helpful hint for today for anyone who needs to know that. So you're welcome, Amelia. Noted. You're welcome. I don't like cold weather. That's all I'm saying. It's uncomfortable. You can't do anything fun, all the clothes. I don't want to say I'm scantily clad all during summer. That's just not true. But my preference is it's kind of a big joke, but I wear a dress pretty much once it hits 75 degrees, I will wear a dress every single day. And I may have 200 dresses, theoretically. I also, possibly. I also may have 200 dresses, and I, uh, and I, I believe will also that. be wearing a dress every single day once it hits 75 degrees. Good. Just, Good. Despite rumors to the contrary. Air, air, out, uh, air out your undercarriage. It's good for you. So, so, so yeah. Snow, yeah. Anything in snow or cold weather? Don't call us. We'll call you. Mm-mm. Yeah, we'll come to you. Again, I'm not opposed to it. If if I 
am choosing that. Um, but I don't, I don't want it to be forced on me. No, like snow rape, as I call it. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Mm, no painful experiences. Thank you. Anyway. Speaking of people so. pushing, so I, I actually have a good segue now. Speaking of people uh-huh. trying to push things on you that you don't want, uh, mm-hmm. we we're also here tonight to talk about uh, your friends trying to sell you crap on Facebook. For the audience, mm-hmm. uh, most of you may already know this, but uh, some of you may not. I'm no longer on Facebook. I was on Facebook for uh, 10 years. Way uh, too long. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we had we, we these ophthalmology discussions actually got started on Facebook, but Facebook uh, no longer. However, Sunday is uh, mm-hmm. still uh, kind of the queen of Facebook, and uh, I, and we were discussing this earlier. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you're, uh, I mean, don't tell anybody I said this, but you're smart and fun to be around, so people like you. But also, you're nice to look at, so it's kind of easy for Facebook and other social media to like you. Um, and that's one of the reasons that you like it so much. Um, so I don't think that's true. I think that because I'm not you. You when you are on Facebook, your biggest mistake is friends. Friends for everyone. Yes, I'll accept. That. I don't know you, but come on in, friends. Mainly because you were getting ophthalmology off the ground, and you were trying to start that, and you were trying to get people involved, and you wanted to tag as many people from a broad spectrum. And I understand that. But as I have gotten older, uh, you know, it's not 2004 anymore or six or whatever, and I don't just, you know, accept friend requests for, from people. For me, it's like, do I have your phone number? If I can't pick the phone up and text you, I need to not be your Facebook friend anymore. And so I have whittled it down a bit on Facebook, and I don't really think that's what it is. I mean, I am not one of those girls which we've seen in the media, that apparently there's some sort of mental illness due to over-selfieism. I don't even think that's a word, but I just made it once. And if they don't get yeah. so many likes, they get all depressed. And I don't do anything. If you li- if three people like my photo, I'm still leaving it up. I'm not angry about that. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's true. The only thing that's mildly irritating to me on Facebook is – the onslaught of what I what has come to a term called entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. I'm probably mispronouncing that. But it's all these stay-at-home moms that are selling things on the FB, and I'm not okay. Uh-huh. I don't want your jimber jamber nails and your 31 bags and your pampered chef and your Mary Kay and your tarantula 3D lash mascara. I don't. I don't go to Facebook to be solicited. <laughs> if I wanted those things, I would buy them. Even from people I truly love and respect, I don't want anything you're selling at all. Don't sell it to now, me. Don't add I me to a, a Facebook page. I don't want any of that. My nails are just I, fine being janky. Thank you. I, yes. I have a question. My hand is raised. Yes, so, you. Um. Is this like is this the next phase of the farm bill thing? Uh, only it's the one where people are inviting instead of inviting you to play a crappy game that doesn't mean anything. Is it the the phase where people are inviting you to actually spend money on stuff so that they and their multi level marketing? And by the way, I have no problem with multi level marketing. I was 
part of Transamerica for a while. I still think it's a great way to, you know, to make money for a certain type of personality. No problems with it at all. But, but, uh, is this the next, for Facebook, by the way, I'm having a glass of bourbon right now for anyone in the audience who likes bourbon. Um, and uh, if you don't yeah. like bourbon, uh, then, sorry, I'm not sorry. Um, then you but, don't have so what I'm asking. Uh, yeah. yeah. So what I'm asking is, is this the next, like, is this the evolution of the whole Farmville craze uh, where Facebook has actually figured out how to monetize this? I think it's a tie between BuzzFeed articles and this. Like, <laughs> truly, because you can block, you know, you can block all the Farmville stuff. Like, I don't have any game requests. Nobody game requests me. If they do, you can mm-hmm. just, like, turn it off now. So I really do not get that at all. Um, but the unfortunate thing is, is people can add you to these groups and post all the time. Granted, you can leave the groups, which I do all every five seconds that someone adds me. did that three times before I got in this podcast. And that's fine. It's just so much. And everybody is out there selling stuff. Selling something, it's exhausting. I, it's exhausting. And then you get a group of people that will sell all of the same thing, and then that's your whole entire Facebook feed. For instance, not calling anything out, but, like, it works. I'm going to call it out. I have probably 15 friends that sell it works. If I wanted to get skinny in five seconds, I would buy your $100 wrap pack for four and I would wrap myself in it and instantly be a size negative one. But unfortunately, that lasts for no seconds. And I don't want to do that. I would rather just go to the gym and eat my grilled chicken and brown rice because <laughs> that's going to give me more of a lasting result. But, hey, I get you. You want to retire and make $20,000 a month selling a plastic sheet of saran wrap. More power to you go for that, but just leave me I'm, off your list. I'm going to get, okay, so $20,000 a month. Um, mm-hmm. How many people, so first of all, I don't know how it works if you have like 100 people on your team and they're all selling, mm-hmm. you know, like one wrap every day or whatever, but if you were just right. selling your own, what is it, It Works, you called it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, see, this, this is how out yeah. of touch I am. I don't, I don't even know what this is, but. Um, Google. But, how many um, mm-hmm. how many body wraps would you have to sell to make twenty twenty thousand dollars in a month? Because I would submit well, that you'd have to sell like two thousand wraps to make twenty thousand dollars. How much do these things cost? Well, well, uh, it, I think it is about a hundred dollars for a pack of four. But here's the thing: this is multi-level marketing at its finest. I actually know several people who have quit their jobs because they have done so well in this particular field. It makes people money. Let's just stop it right. I mean, I had a manager, two managers higher than me, a regional manager in my company quit because she was making so much money in this business. Um, And then that's probably why I have so many friends because then she, I don't want to say roped because I think highly of her, but she got everyone that I know into this business some very close friends of mine, um, to do this. And they are, I mean, I have a friend that she made $6,000 last month doing this 
this job, which is more than she makes doing her real job. It makes money, but there is going to be an end to it at some point, just like everything else. I mean, just like the Mary Kay, you know, boom of, I'm assuming, the 80s and 90s. Everyone sold Mary Kay. I feel like that was my mom's age. Like, if you took a poll, possibly, I think, maybe 10 out of 20 people, and I'm bad with numbers, so I think that's about 50%. 10 out of 20 people probably sold Mary Kay at some point. And that was a big thing, just like Tupperware, just like Pampered Chef. There is something kind of every five years that blows up. People, some people do really well at it. Some people don't. It makes some people money. And then it's kind of like, okay, yeah, we're done with that now. Yeah, it gets to a point where the market is saturated and everybody knows about it. And the people people who started it, like, made enough money to retire, and everybody else mm-hmm. made some money or whatever, and great. Look, mm-hmm. more like you said, more power to all these people who are selling stuff to other people on Facebook, but um, you're not going to be talking to me because I'm not on Facebook anymore. And um, right. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a brief pause from our regularly scheduled programming. See what I did there? We have regularly scheduled mm-hmm. programming again. Um, yeah. I'm going to take a brief pause. One every two years, everyone. Listen, I don't Sorry. need your negative attitude yeah. about how often we're yes, going to be podcasting do. now. I, I I don't appreciate your attitude of negativity. For those yes, who, do. who do not know Sunday and I, basically the way that our uh, friendship works, and I hesitate to call it that, is yeah, that that's a very I, loose term. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am helpful and positive and friendly and basically a ray of sunshine at all times. And Sunday comes along uh-huh. to rain on my parade and generally yes. be a black cloud of negativity over all things at all times. I am so, the pig I'm the pig pen in this relationship. I'm the dirty, smelly kid with his own little cloud of dirt that comes and just destroys everything everywhere I go. That's me. I'm, I accept that mantle. I take it on. A cloak of honor. Well, I, anyway, you were okay, so, into some, um, yeah, you were segueing into something terrible. So go. Why? Why I got? Why I got off Facebook? The reasons that I got off Facebook. Um, I liked. I actually I enjoyed being on Facebook. I liked having our academy discussions, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that I liked doing. I felt like uh, felt like I had you know a lot of uh, a lot of friends, and like I could. I don't know. I just felt like it was a good, a good way for me to stay connected to the world. But, but um, the other side of that coin is when you work in the entertainment business, and if you enjoy even like a minuscule amount of success in the entertainment business, which I, I wouldn't say that um, I wouldn't say that I've really had any significant success in the entertainment business. I have. I've. I will start writing one episode of television this weekend that will um, air sometime this summer, and that's it. Like, there's really not a lot else that I could point to. Nevertheless, uh, the amount of requests that I get for, um, you know, can you, like, read my friend's friend's brother's cousin's stepson's script, um, and or, or get my what or what <laughs> or I have a great idea for a television show. It's called Sunday Reads Books, and I'm just gonna read <laughs> books, and everybody's gonna watch me, 
And then when I'm done, I'm going to close the book and get a new book and read it. Don't you think that would be a great idea? I feel like you get a lot of requests for awkward television shows that should never be made also. The, the, the funny thing is, if you had a show called Sunday Reads Books, like if you just did like running commentary on the book, I mean, people want to watch attractive women do running commentary on pretty much anything, especially if they're smart. I mean, like, dumb girls get their own shows about stuff all the time. So if, like, a smart, hot girl wanted to just, like, read stuff and talk about it, you could totally have your own show. Not hating, just saying. So um, Okay, anyway. so now that we've cleared that up, you're going to get me my own show where I read books. Is that what you're saying? I mean, you're not on Facebook, but I'll just, like, email you my ideas. Uh-huh. Is that so, not how this works? Anyhow, the, uh, the, the, reading, the uh, reading of the scripts to get me a job, the, can you cast me on the show, like that. It, and actually, I want to help people with things like that. I do need to be clear that it's not about, like, I don't want to put forth any effort. Like, I'm, wait, the, wait. The, my hand hang on, hang on. Great. Let me finish. I, 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 I'm going to table it. I will come back. Um, I am, like, whatever success that I've had so far was due in large part to the fact that other people reached out to me and helped me. So I do want to help people, but, and I promise I will come back to your question, but I mm-hmm. cannot help 300 people at a time. And I can only imagine what it would be like for somebody like the executive producer that I work with who's created a couple of very successful shows. I Like, if I'm getting the amount of requests that I'm getting now, I, I shudder to think of what it would be like later were I still on Facebook. And now let's come back to your question. Your hand was raised. No, right. I get that you're, like, super popular and you can't be on Facebook now. But I'm saying you are taking requests to cast people on your show. I would make an awesome cheerleader on Cheerleader Death Squad, and I'm very sad that this has never come up before in our relationship. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, mean, I, am not, I am not taking requests to cast people on the show. That is kind of the point. Is that I'm I not, would be an specifically awesome not cheerleader, whatever. I don't even know what your show's about, even though we're friends and we've talked about it three times. I don't know if the cheerleaders kill people or if they solve mysteries. I just, I just heard cheerleader, and I'm like, I was a cheerleader. I can be a cheerleader. Get at me. See? What? So there is. I'm hearing about it now. We know all I had to do was Facebook message you, but you're not on Facebook. Uh, so now my acting career is at a standstill. Done, uh, done, done. Okay. So anyway, those, I don't want to be for anyone in the so audience who is confused. There is a pilot called Cheerleader Death Squad. There's not a lot that I can say about it right now, other than what is publicly available on Deadline or whatever. It's about a group of cheerleaders that solve mysteries, and that's really about all I can say right now. Um, so, um, but I promise there will be more information forthcoming uh, later. So, the next thing that we want to talk about is the science fiction franchise Dune. And I want to open this section of the podcast by saying all apologies to Michael Maciel, because I know that you love the yeah. science fiction franchise Dune. Um, we didn't hate it as much as we hated 2001 A Space Odyssey because yeah. that is, uh, in, in 2015, yeah. that is probably the worst science fiction movie I've ever seen. Uh, Maybe the worst movie I've ever seen, period. Um, sorry, over it. I can yeah. Think, yeah, I, I can think of a few. I, actually, that's not true. I can think of a few worse movies that I've seen. It is the worst highly acclaimed movie I've ever seen. 
Now, but that's, we're not talking, thankfully, just, we're not. I know, I know. I really want just two seconds. Give me 28 seconds of that. That's just the rub, though. We really thought that it was so good, and then we were burned. And then we were thinking, oh, we'll watch Dune. First of all, rewind. Your padre, your father said, hey, you should read Dune. And my dad said, hey, you should read Dune. And so you and I thought, hey, you know what we should do? We should read Dune. And we were both like, all right, all right, we can get into this. Worm, we had spice, planet, yep. contrary, get at me. Contrary to what all usually happens, we both, we both had very good attitudes about reading Dune. We were both very yep. excited about it. We were both very E-word. Um, and we both bought the book and yep. were, you know, actually, no, I got it on my Overdrive app, which just for anyone out there who likes to read books, um, the best way to get books is to get a library card and then get the Overdrive app on your iPad or on your computer, and you can get library books electronically for free. We'll talk more for about this free. later. But, it's awesome. But yes, carry, it really is awesome. Carry, so carry on with your story, yeah. Sunday. No, there's not really a story. And I think, actually, isn't it uh, Dune's, I think it's Dune's 40th anniversary, the book's 40th? You don't know because you don't care. But I think it is the book's 40th anniversary this year. So there's been a lot of hype about it. Um, and I really, I re- okay, I do not read sci-fi. Let's just throw this out there. I read almost anything. You also, but you also do not do math hand. because it's been, it, it's worth noting that it is Dune's 50th anniversary, not 40th Whatever. anniversary. Um, yeah, Sunday. For anyone something. who doesn't know, Sunday Sunday does not do math. Um, and is I'm it, glad that you it, knew that it was an anniversary. You're welcome. I feel like it was four and five are neighbors, so basically the same thing. If I'm rounding up, so there you go. It's their neighbor's anniversary of 50 years, and I at least knew it was an anniversary. I get points for that. So the point is that I'm close, and they're having a big anniversary. I, I was actually like I. My dad only has recommended one other kind of sci-fi book to me, and that was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I liked. So, 42. And my dad, yep, my dad does not normally recommend books that I hate. I can just throw that out there. He just doesn't. So It's worth noting. Can um, I, 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 yeah. I, I, let me yeah. interject briefly here to say, as we got into Dune, it wasn't that we hated it. Like, we hated 2001 A Space Odyssey with the white hot intensity of 10,000 suns. Um, mm-hmm. We did not hate, like, I would not say that either one of us hated Dune. We both wanted, in fact, I would say we both wanted to love it. Um, and it just, like, it was sort of like when you're trying to, like, climb up over a wall or something, uh, and mm-hmm. you just, like, you're, you can almost get to the top of the wall, or, like, you're going up, like, a rock climbing, like, one of those rock climbing things. Um, and you, like, just can't quite get to the last handhold to where it's all, like, downhill from here and you just enjoy the the book the rest of the way. We both wanted mm-hmm. to like Dune, and we just couldn't quite get there. That's how I would characterize our experience. Yeah, fear and Dune is a mind killer is all I'm going to say about that. I wanted right. to like it. I actually did like it. I liked it until the whole first half. I'm like, yes. I like everything that's happening on this, you know, waterless planet. Sign me up. There's a weird, creepy uncle or whatever, Duke. I don't even know anymore. And there's spice, and they're mining it, and there's worms and thumpers. 
But my God, if they didn't say softer and spice and water 400 times, the repetition is really what got me. I was kind of like, all right, say spice one more time. Seriously, say it. Like, I was like, no more, like, I can't. I just can't. And I wanted to. I'm a finisher. You give up on things. You're like 10 minutes into a movie or a book and you're sleeping or you're done. I'm a finisher, even if I hate it. For the record, public confession, I read all of the Twilight series. Yes, I did. Were they terrible? Yes. But I read them all. Are you? Because are you using this? Are you being. are you using this to hold your uh, your 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 bragging about the fact that you finished Twilight and I didn't? Like you're no, using that to bully me right now? No, no, because you don't finish anything. I'm just saying, I finish no, things. I'm a reader, and I finish things. And so I'm like, I'm gonna finish this, even if it's terrible. I'm gonna see this through to the end because I'm dedicated. And you know what? I have not finished Dune. I, and the sad part is, the really sad part is, if you have a Kindle. It tells you, you know, you are two hours to the end of the book and whatever. It's it's kind of this crazy – I actually told you when I first got the Kindle I hated it because it's kind of as if you're in your car with a GPS and it says, you know, you will be at your destination two hours and 41 minutes. And you always want to beat that. It's real annoying when you're reading. You can turn it off, but I don't because I like a challenge. But still, I am probably 21 minutes away from finishing the book, and I just don't care. I'm just kind of like, you know what, Frank, you can have this one. I don't even want to hmm. know. I don't even want to know what happens. And we, the thing is, it's not just the, the – we gave up on the book, agreed, fine. So we thought to ourselves, hey, we'll watch the movie. Movie, you know, we can do a movie. We like movies. Right. We before we before work. we get to that part, before we get to that yeah. part, I want everybody to take note of the part where Sunday Stewart admitted that uh, you can turn off the feature that annoys her so much, where it tells you how much longer you have left to read. Turn it off because she quote likes a challenge. The lesson of the day, as always, Sunday Stewart is a masochist. Yep, that's why. And I'm that's the only reason that so... she, yeah, that's the only reason that she does this podcast. So moving along exactly. to the part where we watch the Dune the Dune movies. By the way, we did, we watched not one, but two Dune movies. Although, if you're adding in fraction, you know, this is the part that's going to get really confusing for Sunday. But I will just say mm-hmm. we watched less than half of both of them. So, even though we watched two, we still watched less than one. Sunday, don't worry about anything I just said. Just carry on with the story. Perfect. Yeah. So, did we start? We first started watching the actual movie, right? That was the first one we watched, correct? Yeah. Or did we watch? Uh, yeah, the okay, 19... No, no, no. We watched yes. the miniseries first because that's the one that Michael Maciel liked. Michael Ma- Okay, so we started with the miniseries. Michael Maciel was like, yes, we're going to watch this. It's going to be great because of, I'm sure, he listed like 20 reasons why we should watch the miniseries. I didn't read anything except my, Michael Maciel said to, re- to watch it. So I said, fine, sign me up. We By the way, for any of our listeners, the the miniseries premiered in the year 2000, um, and there was a second part that I think came out in 2003. They both ran on the Sci-Fi Channel, so that this is the one we're talking about first. Right, and apparently it had a lot of good things going for it. The problem is we watched it for maybe, I'm going to say we gave it hell for 10 minutes, and then yeah. I don't know. I don't know who woke up first, but at some point we woke up. 
<laughs> we're like, we're done with this now. Yeah, it's it's kind of mm-hmm. true. Like the the miniseries yeah. of of the book, the book and the two movies, the miniseries. I'm sorry, Michael, but the miniseries was the uh-huh. worst. Like, and the reason it was that the it worst. was the worst, um, it wasn't like terribly written, but the acting was really really oh, bad. Wretched. Um, wretched. So, so then we said... then we moved on to the the film, which uh, came out in 1984, as I recall. Uh huh. Correct. And in the morning, this was, granted, let's fast forward to 7 a.m. So we had woken up and discovered the miniseries is not for us. So we said, hey, we are going to try and find this movie, which we're not going to get into that, but it was quite a challenge to hunt this movie down, which we did watch. We started. It was great. We had some minor environmental eruptions, interruptions from various roommates. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> but we still persevered, and we were going to watch it. And so, and actually it was 100% better. Like, from the very first opening scene, we were like, okay, we can get this. We're going to watch it. We were sold. We wa- we actually watched it an hour. I'm going to say an hour. Don't you think an hour? Probably. Yeah. I would say an hour. Uh, maybe, maybe the thing, yeah, 45, between 45 minutes and an hour. I was distracted by a few things. One was one of the opening scenes, which occurred both in the miniseries and in the movie, because we hadn't finished the book, we had no idea what this particular creature was. So we were completely lost for the first, like, like opening scene. So both you and I were both like, we don't even know what this is. This is crazy. Miniseries and Yeah, TV there was show. this. Yeah, there was this alien that shows up, not a harmful alien, but an alien that seems involved in, like, diplomatic relations of some kind. And, I mean, we're not spoiling the story because we don't know anything about what this thing is. We have no idea. Other than its mouth looked like a vagina. No, Google it. Dune movie Vagina Monster, and you're going to see it. It looks like a vagina. I'm sorry. It just does. And I was completely distracted by that. And by the fact that in my mind, I'm like, where did this vagina monster come in? Because I've almost finished the book. I mean, I'm, I can see the finish line, and I still don't know where this vagina monster came in. So either I wasn't paying attention, I don't know what was going on. So I was upset about that. I was the question Sunday Stewart has had to ask herself many times, when did this vagina monster come in? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Sorry, not to, change, not to change the subject. And the fact that we had, you know, environmental distractions and so I couldn't quite concentrate um and I would like the record to show that I was I was not responsible for any of these distractions that um, people who might or might not be named Justin Hopper were responsible for these distractions correct Ben may have a roommate that was awake at seven and he felt obligated to point out all the cinematic mysteries of the movie whilst you're watching it which meant we could actually hear the movie that we were watching, which is fine because we, I think, had mentally already distanced ourselves from it, so it's probably And by okay. fine, Sunday Stewart means not fine at all, but it's, let's... Uh, but anyway, but, so okay, the giant so, monster, basically, Dune, we we just gave up. That's all I'm saying. We, we threw the towel in and said... This, we've given it a college try three times, and we're just done now. So I'm sorry, We're you. really sorry. We tried. We, we are wanted sorry. to like it. It was, I, like I mean, you know, everybody's like, 
Everybody's I like, like it's Dune, it's Lord of the Rings, and then it's Dune. And we wanted to be in on that. We wanted to be on yes. that train, but we just, we just couldn't get our we, tickets down. We were hobos, and we jumped off. We said, no, thank you. We'll eat our can of beans <laughs> over here by the street. Like, that was us. Like, we, just, we want no part of where this train is going. And the thing is, I think it's, I don't know if we're, like, cursed. Like, we should definitely not watch any more science fiction anything. Because about once every year and a half, we get this, you know, bug where we're like, we're going to watch this, this legendary sci-fi movie. And then we kind of hate it. And everyone else looks at us and points and says, they're the idiot. Is it us, though? <laughs> I'm beginning to have some doubts. <laughs> I don't know if it's us or if it's everyone else. Because, it, you know, it was 2001 A Space Odyssey and now it's Dune. I don't know. I don't even know what we could watch now. I did look up, I told you earlier, I looked up, um, I tried to look up, actually, the top ten sci-fi books of all time. And, unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's a list of 25 and 100. Like, those are your options. I didn't even know there were 100 good sci-fi books. I'm sorry if you guys are sci-fi enthusiasts. But, yeah. I uh, am a sci-fi yeah. enthusiast, and I don't know no. if there are 100 either. Um, no, you're not. But they have things listed, and we've talked about this, the different, like, sci-fi or futuristic fantasy because like 1984 was on there and Divergent was on one of the lists and oh, uh, you know Brave let's, New let's World. Just, let's change the subject. Oh, okay. Never mind. Oh. You got me again. Brave New World is good. Whoa. Do you not like 1984? No, I love 1984. I don't like, you oh, said Divergent okay. between those two. Come on. Oh, now. yeah, you know yeah, I like yeah. 1984. Yeah. Whoa. I was like, that is my top five one favorite book. Do you have a top five favorite book, by the way? Yeah, yeah, I do. Before, yeah, I do. What's your top five? Okay, uh, number one Bride. is It by Stephen King. Princess Bride yep. is number two by William Goldman. Uh, number three is Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. Okay, that's um, good Number four is probably Marathon Man, also by William Goldman. So I have William Goldman twice in my top five. And then... Number five, I don't know. I don't want to, like, I don't want to say another Stephen King book, um, but... But you kind of do a little bit. Or yeah, William Goldman, yeah, if you're a big William. Oh, do you not, is Control not in your top five? No, Control's not in my top five. Um, okay. It would be in my top ten, probably, but not in my top five. It's really, really, really good, but not in my yeah, top five. By the way, super messed up. it, was, it yeah. was apparently made into a movie that didn't, like, make any money or whatever, so that's on my list of stuff that I want to, no. uh, that I want to make into if a movie we, later. Oh, I know yeah. what my, I know what my it, fifth we'll favorite book is. That's what? I know what my fifth favorite book is, and, like, I'm bleeding into nonfiction here, so... Um, if it okay. has to be all fiction, I have to think of another one. But The Book of Basketball mm-hmm. by uh, Bill Simmons and also The Break yeah. of the Game by David Halberstam. Those would, those would also, I mean, one of those would be in my top five. And if we're doing all fiction, then uh, let's see. Probably, well, if I can't choose anything that's like a graphic novel or whatever, it has to be like a novel, then... Um, I don't know. Now I'm now I'm all think, now I'm thinking of all nonfiction stuff. I like a brief history of time. Um, I like uh, I like Iron John by Robert Bly. I like Fire in the Belly by Sam Keen. Um, I, I think you I think you can totally have nonfiction. I have nonfiction at my top five, so I'm yeah. not mad about that. 
I, would I mean, say, my top five. I, I would say that I have two yeah. separate lists. But what's your top five? Uh, it's 1984, which is one of the yeah. only book on record that I have ever cried at the end of. For anyone, oh. yeah, I I actually cried. I did not see the ending coming, and I actually cried at the end of it. And I was angry, but yet at the same time appreciative that it didn't end the way I wanted it to. So actually cried at the end of 1984. So 1984, uh, Memoirs of a Geisha, which I just pretty much think I like for the very vivid imagery. Um, I don't need to, that's all. Wizard of Oz, because if you watch the movie, the book is not the same. It's completely different. And the book is obviously a thousand times better. And it, I have 400 copies of the Wizard of Oz in various annotated versions. Um, Atlas Shrugged. And then I have a kind of a tie between the Night Circus, which is is relatively new. I mean, in the last, I think, 10 years it's come out. Um, and, again, it's just the imagery. is amazing. I think they're actually making it into a movie. But um, the Night Circus is for sure one of in my top or – and mine is nonfiction. My last one would be Stiff by Mary Roach, and it's The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers. And it's all these fun things that can happen to your body after you die because I'm sadistic and I like to think about that kind of stuff. Or yeah, you that do. one would possibly be tied with um, Abraham Lincoln's DNA and other adventures in genetics because I find genetics fascinating. But, yes, so – Normal books, and then I get kind of nerdy at the end, but that's to be expected. Yeah. So, well, you re- obviously you, you really yeah. like some like modern. You like a bunch of modern classics, um, like I, so stuff that's like I, classic, but was written after like you know eighteen seventy five. True, but see, it's it true. I mean, I like a lot of class. I mean, I would have to say probably the core. I'm looking at my books right now, which I have a lot. Um, the core of my books are probably classic lit, I would say. I have a passion for classical literature. I think it's classic for a reason, and you should read it. Um, like We're going to have to disagree on that one because, I mean, well, I know I love Brave New World, and I like 1984, right. and I like Animal Farm, right. and I like Fahrenheit 451, and I like Lord of the Flies. I do not like... Okay. I, I'm. You're not going to catch me reading Jane Eyre. You're not going to catch me reading no. Scarlet Letter. You're not going to catch me reading Little Women. Like nope. that's. I mean. Okay. Well, I will. I will. Good okay, for you. I agree with you. I agree with you on all those points. Actually, I don't particularly love women writers. Just <clears throat> I can hear you gasping in shock. Um, I'm with you on that. I actually I can't anything by Bronte. Like I can't read any Bronte sisters. So I try. I really have tried. I read was it you know there were like night? six Bronte six people in the Bronte yes. family. Yes, I did know that actually. I read about them because I don't want to read of like books. <laughs> you were like, who, yeah. You were like, who do I have to be yes. watching out for? I <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, I will read. I, I mean, I just couldn't. I've really tried. Um, I actually did though. I'm gonna just throw this out there. I really, really did actually like um a Scarlet Letter because I'm really dark and into symbolism, and there's so much symbolism within that book, and it's very dark and very twisted if you actually get down into it. Um, and so I'm going to have to, like, throw that one out there, but I can understand why people don't like it. Um, but there's so many really, really good classical literature books. Um, 
you know, Tropics is cancer, the sun also rises, for whom to build holes. I mean, sex and war, nobody's mad about bullfighting. No one's mad about any of that. No one. No one's angry. Um, but I do, I also try and read a lot of, I try and read a classical book and then kind of a book, um, a moder- I mean, I read, you know, Gone Girl, and I read, I read, I keep up. I've read all Divergent and Insurgent and whatever it. I read it. I read all the Hunger Games, which you didn't. You stopped after the first, like, the second book, I think. I read Twilight. I did not, however, let the record show read any shades of anything. I apologize. I tried to read Fifty Shades of Grey, and the grammar drove me over the edge of a cliff, and I had to say, I draw the line. I'm all about reading dirty books. I mean, Tropical Cancer, get at me. Tropical Capricorn, get at me. But I can't read your terribly written sad housewife drama. I just can't. I'm sorry. I have standards. <laughs> I mean, I read Juliet by the Marcus Estate. I've read, I mean, I read terrible, terrible books by terrible people. Lolita, get at me, underage nymphettes. But I, I can't read Fifty Shades of anything. So, anyway, do you have a top five? Movie list. I'm sure that you do. What's your top five movie list? Top five that. movies. Um, done, okay, done. So I think that's gonna be I harder love, for you than books. So I would put uh, I would put Lord of the Rings, uh, and and if I have to choose between the three, then I'll choose Return of the King, the last one. Yes, I know the ending went on forever, um, but it's like to me, it's the ultimate. It's, I mean, other than say, like, the Bible story, because I think that, that the story, like, if you put look at the Bible as one, one story, regardless of what you believe, I happen to believe the things that are in the Bible, but it, I think that it's a, an enormously compelling story, regardless of whether you, you know, whether that's your religion or not. But holding that, so holding that aside, if, you, if you're just looking at, um, at fiction, then I would say uh, the Lord of the Rings, are, it's one of my favorite stories. And the Return of the King is, I'm going to use some SAT vocabulary here, it's kind of the apotheosis of that story. It's the, it's the realization of everything that it could become. Um, and so uh, Lord of the Rings is probably, I would say, is my favorite uh, movie or group of movies. Um, I would say that Aliens, is definitely in my top five, the James Cameron version. Um, Last Samurai by Edward Zwick, directed by Edward Zwick, uh, is probably my third favorite. How to Train Your Dragon uh, is kind of a simple film, but I enjoyed it so much. And my favorite scene in How to Train Your Dragon is the scene where the dragon is drawing this, you know, takes it, picks up this branch in its mouth and starts drawing this intricate little design and then Hiccup has to, like, do this kind of dance through the, the thing that the dragon has drawn. And the, the subtext of the scene, of course, is that it's this, it's this courtship, um, that Hiccup is courting this dragon. And um, it's, it's just a fascinating, it's a fascinating little film. Um, and I shouldn't say little. The budget was probably like $100 million. But, uh, but it made a ton of money, and I, I thought that it was really good. Um, I also, and then I would say probably Inception is my fifth favorite movie. 
I also really liked Fracture. I really liked 300. Um, there and and in comedies, I like the like the what the frat pack. I don't know what they're what they call them. Ball and old school like uh, those are and then the old school Adam Sandler comedies. Those are my favorite comedies. But um, so uh, I don't know. What are yours? What what are your top five movies? Well, I mean, I'm again. I like to stick with the classics. I'm an old I'm an old lady at heart. I like Cat on the Hudson Roof because I think that the magic of Paul Newman and Elizabeth Taylor was magic in that movie. Um, Gone with the Wind. Okay. I think I love Gone with the Wind. And every time I've sat down with someone who's never watched it, they think it's going to be this like very dramatic romantic story and <laughs> they're like horrified by so much like prostitution, slavery, and death. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, see, it's fun. And there's like uh, a really evil character that you want to hate because she's kind of Satan incarnate, but you kind of pull for her in the end. I mean, Scarlett is amazing. She's super mean and steals everyone's boyfriends and husbands and uses everyone to her advantage, but she gets what she wants in the end. And, you know, she makes it work for her. And I, for one, think that's. I, while that is not my lifestyle choice, I love that in a character. It's super strong, and she doesn't take any guff off of anybody, and she does what she has to do, and she ultimately gets what she wants in the end, and that's what I think is awesome about her. Um, weird one, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Um, that one is more probably because growing up, I would day with my great aunt in the summers and on certain vacations and we watched that together and that's it's more of like a memory for me of watching that and Mm -hmm. so um I have a lot of like emotional ties to it and of course it's iconic I mean it's very you know the George and Cohen he wrote so many great songs you know um your grand old flag um give my regards to Broadway I mean thank you doodle dandy obviously and not to mention that, you know, there's the iconic line of my father thanks you, my mother thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you, which is they play it like every Academy Awards, I feel like. Um, and it's a, it's a great movie. Um, and Amelie, which is a foreign film, but I really like it. And um, I don't know why it's one of my top five, but I, I just, I really kind of connect with the characters a little bit. And then, of course, okay, this is super lame, but, like, Tombstone, it's probably a tie between Tombstone because if anyone's ever uh, sat down and watched Tombstone with me, they don't ever do it again. Um, Because, I mean, I can quote pretty much every line from, I mean, you could turn the sound off and I can just quote it front to back. And I try and stop myself when I'm watching it with other people, but it doesn't always work. Um, It's either a tie between Tombstone or the original like, Swedish version, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, not the American version, which was terrible, um, trilogy. Because the actual real ones are so good, and the American one is crap. So if you watch the American one, I apologize. Everyone get your money back. But the original ones are just nailed. I actually ran segue. Um, I talked to somebody, and they were like, oh, yeah, I read the books. And I was like, well, I have the trilogy. You can watch it. And he was like, oh, have they made the other ones? I said, oh, yeah, like in the actual country where you should watch it. So, yes, I have them all. Yeah. So you can watch them. Um, and they're excellent. But 
Yeah, don't watch the. the by the way, the, the the dragon tattoo book. Um, I liked mm-hmm. those a lot. I thought than I thought I would. Like they were really they were really interesting, and I was like everybody was reading them in like 2004 or whatever, and I was yeah. like, okay, guys, really let's uh, let's settle down with the dragon tattoo here, but um, but they were really good. Um, so I, I, about... I actually try. I actually tried to avoid them for a while because I do that periodically. When every like Gone Girl, I was like, I'm not reading that. Like everybody's reading it because I'm I have been burned by terrible literature where people are like, oh yeah, it's really good, and I'm like, mm, nope, nope, yep. not um, public. I'm not reading that. It's crazy. But they were there great. Two, they were great. There are two more. There are two more things that we need to talk about. The first one is our favorite movies of the last year, so basically of 2014. Uh, and the second okay. one is um, why showers are better than baths. Um, but, uh, but so first of all, my favorite movie that I saw last year was probably, this is going to be, this is going to surprise some of our listeners most likely, was The 100-Foot Journey, a small movie that very few people ever heard of. Um, but it was just lovely. It was, uh, it was scored by A.R. Rahman. Um, he's an Indian composer. He does uh, a lot of Bollywood stuff. Um, directed by Lasse Hallstrom, um, starring uh, Helen Mirren and Charlotte Le Bon. And it was, I, I didn't want to go see it. Uh, Mark, the executive producer that I work with, um, said, hey, let's go see The 100 Foot Journey. And I had a very stinky attitude about the whole thing. I was like, I don't want to go see The 100 Foot Journey. It looks really stupid. Um, and I could not have been more wrong. And I know that you, Sunday Stewart, are going to revel in the fact that I was wrong again. Um, but yep. it was probably my favorite movie that I saw last year. I also liked, um, I really liked Big Hero 6. I finally saw that recently. Um, and I I enjoyed Interstellar. I thought that it was very good, not great. It wasn't as good as Inception, but uh, I thought that it was very good. Um, I liked Gone Girl, but I thought, well, liked is not the right word to use. I thought Gone Girl mm-hmm. was, a very, was, a, was a very strong film. I'm not going to say good because I felt like I needed a shower afterwards. Um, and well, my writing yeah. partner, Christian Spicer, is probably going to uh, punch me in the face for not at least mentioning uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So my Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty good, too. Um, and I still need to see Edge of Tomorrow. I have not seen that yet. So what were your favorite movies of the last year? And then we're going to argue about baths and showers. No, I really didn't watch any movies. The only oh. thing you mentioned in that that I've seen is I watched Gone Girl and sort of fell asleep during it because I guess kind of kudos to the movie, but I had read the book. So I was really bored. I did the same thing with uh, Fault in Our Stars. Why I feel like the movie was probably really good. I was so bored because I felt like it followed the same progress of the book, but without actually capturing my attention. So I just was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to sleep now. Like, so, <clears throat> Fault in Our Stars didn't do anything for me, and Gone Girl didn't really do anything for me. And I really, I'm a nerd, and I just read, and I don't actually watch movies. Um, and I can't even think of a movie that I went to the theater and saw in 2014. So, yeah. All right. So, let's talk yeah, about lame. Watch Out. Super lame. way better than that. Oh, you know what else I liked? I liked X-Men Days of Future Past. I really enjoyed that one. I have mm-hmm. to admit it. It sure. was really, really, really good. Um, that you did. So, uh, showers are better than baths, and I guess that's the end of that argument. 
No, I mean, well, that's not even true. One, you don't even like showers. You guys take note of how Sunday, like, decided, like, Sunday kind of, you see how she worked herself into a level of disagreement that would be suitable for the conversation going forward? That's how it's going to be. That's how it was before on the podcast, and that's how it's going to be in the future. I'm Sunday, anytime I hours. say something reasonable, she's going to about- she's going to find a way to work herself into a frenzy of argument-level disagreement, and then we will move forward with the conversation. I'm just saying, like, not. I'm just saying, you don't even like showers. You actually tweeted about how showers are like the one mundane activity that if you could like erase in your life, you would do that. Whereas I don't bath, have any. I don't okay. have any recollection. Listen, of listen to me. I, I know. I just about all knowledge of anything uh-huh. like this. I never said that. Uh huh. Anyway, so I am just going to point out that. Picture picture what you see when people picture bath. Google it. It's very relaxing. There's rose petals and candles and darkness and relaxation. Nobody is ever stepping into a bath, let me clarify, covered in mud, okay? Not since, you know, the 19th century. Nobody's doing that. So baths are like a sacred, magical place versus showers are I just am filthy human and I need to get clean. And I have to do this because I have no other option. Baths mm-hmm. are just so much more superior than showers. Baths involve products and bubbles and jets and bath beads and oils and relaxation and darkness and can and showers is just like, yeah, I took a shower today. There's nothing good about a shower. So obviously baths are superior to showers. You just you don't like to do anything that you have to do. So you don't like showers and brushing your teeth and taking the myriad of vitamin supplements that you have to take because your grandpa and anything that someone is making you do, you're like, no, no, I don't want to do that. So you don't like any of those things. And whereas a bath is a selective magical choice where you're already clean, you've had a long day, you're like, I'm going to take a relaxing bath. It's great. Nobody's ever angry about baths. The only bad thing that happens to you in a bath is maybe if you're in an ice bath, you get your kidneys, like, chopped out. But aside from that, nothing bad ever happens to you. You're welcome. That's all I'm saying about that. I'm right. You're wrong. Moving on. I don't have the energy to fight with you anymore, so I'm going to let you Because I'm right, yes fine and to be continued later so for our audience we don't have the fancy outro we'll probably have it next time uh or maybe not and uh thank you guys for tuning in uh for the for the three of you who knew to listen to this and uh and and however many more of you will uh listen to it after the fact once you know that we're back uh podcasting again so thank you for listening sunday thank you for your time on a wednesday evening and you're welcome there. This has been the uh, the reintroduction of the Academy of Ophthalmology's podcast. Thanks again, guys, and have a good night. Night. <laughs>